Hello, lovelies. Please come in and join me in my parlor for the Sexy Stories podcast. I am Virginia Waits, and I love to share delightfully naughty tales with paranormal and fantastical twists. Season one of The Manor is complete, so do check it out in previous episodes, and it will be back for season two later in the year. Please do subscribe so you never miss out. For this week's episode, we are returning to two characters we have met before, way back in episode 7, when we took a one-week mid-season break from the manor. I would gently suggest you pop over and listen to that episode first, before coming back here to this one for the full experience. John is a human, altered by years of vampire feeding and his own natural abilities. Michael is a vampire, but very unlike most of his brethren. They are from my Alter Egos series Soul Reader, which currently has three books two free short stories and a very reasonably priced novella. Today's sexy times are from the third book, where Michael and John have become close. Details of the books may be found at virginiawaits.com or search for Natasha Duncan Drake at your favourite online retailer, and up it will pop. Welcome to Fortunate Soul by Natasha Duncan Drake. Sit back, relax, and I shall begin. When John heard movement beside him, he turned to find Michael standing there, and he realized he had been staring at his arm for quite a while. Michael's eyes were on his wrist as well, on those scars, and Michael was frowning. John quickly folded his arm against his body, hiding the marks of the other vampires feeding, but he bowed his head, knowing he could not hide the others. They disgust you, don't they? he said, feeling the shame of the scars well up with renewed vigour. He went to step past his lover, wanting to reach the cleansing water of the shower as quickly as possible, but Michael wouldn't let him. Let me go, he said, as his lover placed an arm in front of his chest so he could not continue. John. Michael said, voice soft and concerned. They don't disgust me. Don't lie, he replied. They had been having sex regularly. They had to, what with the effects of Michael's blood on him. Before his kidnapping, 
Michael had always seemed to like to look at him. But apart from the first time when he woke up back at his mother's house, it was always different. He wasn't stupid. He had tried to ignore it, but he knew that had changed. I'm not. You don't look at me, he accused. You touch me, but you don't look. Not when I'm naked. Rather than letting him go, Michael did the opposite. His lover wrapped him in a tight embrace. I'm sorry, Michael told him, not denying what he said at all. I didn't mean it like that. The scars don't disgust me, lover. They disturb me. He laughed, and it was not a nice sound. He was angry now. What's the difference? he asked, trying to work out how such a peaceful moment had turned so sour. I stopped looking because I want so badly to remove them, Michael explained, kissing the side of his neck right over where he knew one of the scars was. You weren't ready. I didn't want to force you. John stiffened in confusion and shock, fighting out of Michael's embrace so he could turn and see his lover's expression. What? He did not understand. Remove them? I didn't think, Michael said, pulling him in again now that they were face to face. I was worried about controlling myself and I didn't realise how you would see it. I want to look at you, Johnny. Scars or no scars, I always will. I'm so sorry. John didn't know what to say. How would you... He had thought he was stuck with the scars. If I bite each one, Michael told him, and heal them, the original will disappear as well. John lifted his wrist and looked at it his body responding at the very idea of Michael's bite, despite the mixture of emotions running through him. Why do they disturb you? This was something he did not understand and he needed to. He had learned so much about vampires to do his job, but this was something his teachers had never explained. Because to leave a mark is a very intimate thing, Michael said, stroking the side of his face. It is a sign of claiming. Very few vampires would ever do it, because it gives the human status. It is a sign of respect. This is an abuse and a travesty. John was honestly astounded. He had never heard of that and it was something he was pretty sure very few humans knew about. But you can take them away. His voice sounded desperate even to his own ears. He wanted to forget his imprisonment and put it behind him, but at the moment, every time he let himself look in a mirror, he was reminded of what had happened. I will take great pleasure in removing every single one. Michael told him, bringing their foreheads together so they were touching. Now? 
At that Michael leant back, surprised by the insistence of his request. Lover, I would like nothing better, but you're still recovering and you're still sensitive from my blood. I will have to bite you once for each scar, and once I start I don't know if I will be able to stop. I don't care, he replied, finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Please, I want them gone. When I see them, I... I can't... I... Shh, Michael said, quieting him by pulling him close again. I understand. Michael hadn't said yes precisely, but John sagged in relief anyway, because his lover knew what he meant. Shower first, Michael told him quietly and then we will go to bed. If you are strong enough, I will fulfill both our wishes. If not, we will sleep and we will start when we have both rested. It was not quite the categorical agreement John wanted, but it was close, and he nodded. He could live with that. Michael kissed him gently as he walked back into the bedroom. It had taken them ten minutes to climb the stairs because John had taken the initiative and started the touching and kissing as they had left the living room. The previous day Michael had refused to touch him, insisting they sleep, and when they woke, eat and relax a little. But now was the time. He let Michael pull his shirt over his head, and then he felt the full force of his lover's attention. Michael was as good as his word, and was definitely looking at him. John felt he might be devoured by that gaze. I want you, Michael said. The words sent heat shooting through John. He had believed Michael's explanation, but now he could see it firsthand. There was need in Michael's eyes, and just a hint of desperation. You can have me, he replied. Almost as if Michael was afraid to touch, his lover reached out one hand and touched the side of John's neck with gentle fingertips. Choose, Michael said, eyes flicking back to his face. Tell me what to do. Now this was not what John had expected. He had been ready and willing to surrender to whatever Michael wanted to do to rid him of the scars. He had not expected to be in control of any of it. Vampire instincts were wild things. He had felt that under the influence of Michael's blood. That Michael was controlling them for him spoke far more than any words. Here, he said, and held out his wrist with the marks that caused him such anxiety every time he saw them. Michael took his hand ever so carefully, holding his arm up gently and stepping closer. He could smell his lover's deodorant and the faint sense of cooking from earlier, and his heart beat just a little faster for it. The closeness was suddenly charged and important, and as Michael kissed the inside of his wrist, he trembled just a little.
Doubts called to him from the back of his mind. What if it didn't work? What if it made things worse? What if Michael totally lost control? However, he refused to let them in. Michael had already risked everything to save him, and he trusted him with more than his life. Closing his eyes, he swayed towards the alluring creature who had already declared love for him on more than one occasion. I love you, he whispered, just as Michael slipped fangs into the healed puncture marks. Of course, Michael had fed from him since he had tasted Michael's blood. He had refused to hear of anything else, and it had been mind-blowing at times. But this was different even to that. Maybe it was the anticipation. Maybe it was that Michael was finally letting go a little of that iron control John had become so used to. But his nerves sang. He didn't mean to, but he whimpered and his legs went weak, although that had nothing to do with true weakness. Michael caught him around the waist and held him close, drinking just a small amount and then running his tongue over the wounds. That was when Michael pulled back from his wrist, holding it where both of them could see it, and John watched in fascination as the two small holes healed. It wasn't that he hadn't seen the same happen before, it was that the wounds took the scars beneath them as well, right in front of his eyes, and he couldn't help the startled little laugh. He hadn't disbelieved Michael, but it was altogether something else to see it. Where next? Michael asked, desire barely controlled in his voice as he nuzzled John's neck. Anywhere. Everywhere. John replied, thoughts too scattered to say anything sensible. The noise this drew from Michael was almost animalistic, and he realised Michael was trembling. He could actually feel the effort it was taking his lover not to just throw him on the bed. Frankly, he would not have objected, but it was clearly important to Michael not to lose control. That made the decision for John, and, no matter how light-headed he was feeling, he was not just going to give in to his body's wants either. Forcing himself to stand properly on his own two feet, he drew back a little from Michael, taking a deep breath and looking into his lover's eyes. He didn't need words. The look they exchanged said everything and John took hold of Michael's hand and led him to the bed. Climbing on, he pulled Michael with him, lying down and drawing his lover in so Michael was leaning over him. I trust you, he said, and then he made the decision Michael needed him to make. Here, he said, and pointed to a bite mark just above his heart. Michael did not reply in words, and instead leant down and kissed him, before kissing along his jaw, down his neck and to the scar. It was an awkward angle, but Michael's teeth were sharp, and John gasped as fangs pierced his skin.
As expected, the sensation was even more attention-grabbing than only moments previously, and the feelings that shot through his whole body took his breath away. What had most of his focus, however, was it felt nothing like the violation that had happened during his imprisonment. He was headed for a high, but this one he wanted, and it fired all the pleasure centres in his brain at the same time. Michael would be very lucky if John didn't rip him out of his remaining clothes before they were done. The whole bite only took seconds, but it left John panting on the bed, clinging on to his self-control. This time he didn't look at Michael. He didn't dare, because the things he wanted to do to his lover really weren't conducive to what they were trying to achieve. He chewed his lip as he stared at the ceiling and tried, with little success, to bring his heart rate down to something resembling normality. Here, he said, and indicated his shoulder. It was the best he could do. Michael's hands felt so good on his skin, and he closed his eyes, forcing himself to lie still. As Michael's fingers traced over the scar he knew was there, he concentrated on his breathing. They were only on number three, and he already felt only just this side of lucid. No drug could ever come close, not when he was with Michael, and his own power was waking up under his skin. Too many times he had felt the fire inside of him react to vampires as they fed, and woke it up. But back then it had flared in disgust and revulsion. What he felt when Michael bit him was a burn of welcome, and of need. As Michael's fangs slid into his skin this time, he wrapped his fingers in the covers on the bed and hung on. Only when Michael drew away did he allow himself to react, letting out a little bark of noise somewhere between a laugh and something he didn't quite know how to describe. Johnny, Michael said, leaning close to him and smoothing his hair back from his face. We can stop. If I go, I... John shook his head very firmly and made himself look at his lover. Keep going, he said, absolutely sure that this was what he wanted no matter where it took him. He could see the conflict on Michael's features as desire and need warred with passion and desire. The bright glow of Michael's eyes was hypnotic, and he allowed his body to surge up so he could kiss his lover. Please, he said, just about hanging on to his self-control as he lay back. Keep going. Where? Michael asked, and John knew it was almost like a test. He pointed to the mark on his left bicep. As long as you can choose, I'll keep going, Michael promised him, and John just nodded. It was quite possible he wouldn't be able to think clearly for very much longer, but by then he doubted Michael would be either. He managed it for the next four, each time feeling the pleasure rise to almost overwhelm him and then fall back but each time a little less so that his levels rose and rose. 
He didn't know if it was actually possible to overdose on pleasure, since most victims who succumbed died because they could not stop the vampire draining them dry. It definitely felt like a possibility, and he couldn't bring himself to care. Every touch from Michael had him writhing on the bed. He was so aroused that it was beginning to hurt, and they were only just over halfway through. Please, he begged, hands wrapped in the sheets from the bed to stop himself grabbing at Michael. Faster! After each bite, his lover was pausing and it was driving John insane. Johnny, the strain, please, he begged. He needed this, needed to survive it as he had survived everything else. But he needed Michael to help him do that. He did not just beg with his mouth, but with his eyes, with every fibre of his being, and Michael finally nodded. His lover was looking wild around the edges as well, and he could only thank heaven for Michael's strength of will. Michael no longer asked him to choose, and no longer gave him more than a few seconds to recover between bites. His lover stripped him completely, and then began moving him into positions on the bed to easily reach each bite mark. John forced himself to go limp as much as possible, because it was the only way he could stop himself from lashing out in overwhelming pleasure. It was getting to be that he was so out of it he couldn't even keep count. He was flying so high he could barely remember his name, which was why when Michael spread his legs and lifted them, it took a while to register. Only when something warm and wet slid between the cheeks of his ass did he manage to open his eyes, and he had just about cottoned on to the fact it was Michael's fingers by the time they were withdrawn and he was lifted a little more. As Michael pushed into him urgently with his cock, John thought he might actually die. It all but felt like an out-of-body experience, as his brain processed all of the pleasure without any of the normal physical requirements. To say it was mind-blowing would have been understating quite what the single move did to him. One more, he heard Michael growl with barely controlled desire. John only saw Michael leaning over him, and when fangs bit his neck, he full body shuddered. The power under his skin that loved Michael almost as much as he did flared through every nerve and actually manifested on the outside. It enclosed Michael in flame, and Michael reared back, inadvertently pushing into John even further where they were joined, and that was it. John couldn't take any more. He felt the orgasm that had been building in him for what seemed like eons rip apart what was left of his nervous system. And then he passed out. No matter how he tried to cling on to consciousness, it slipped through his fingers and he fell into velvety darkness. Michael ran the warm flannel over John's pale skin cleaning the last traces of what they had been doing from his lover's body. He felt wired, almost as high as John had seemed at the end, 
but now that the marks were gone, and he had very much had his lover in all ways, his instincts were manageable. The energy flowing through him from John's blood was quite incredible, not to mention the startling touch of John's innate power, and he had channeled that into making sure his lover was comfortable. He did not know how long it would be before John woke up, but he was definitely going to keep watch until it happened. Lifting John carefully, he placed the smaller man onto a towel he had put on one of the armchairs and covered John with a second fluffy bath sheet. They had made a complete mess of the bed and he stripped it quickly, putting the sheets and the duvet cover into the hamper in the bathroom. The bed was huge and the mattress pretty heavy, but one advantage of vampire strength was that he could lift it with ease. It didn't take him long to fetch clean linen from the airing cupboard and turn the wreck of a bed into something habitable. When he went to pick up John, his lover had snuggled down into the towel and was half hiding under it. Michael felt his heart melt even more, as if having it sitting in the palm of John's hand wasn't already enough. Come on, lover, he said quietly and lifted John without trying to separate his lover from the towel. John made a quiet little sighing sound, and leant into his body, but did not wake further. The towel dropped away halfway to the bed, as if John didn't need it now that John had Michael, and Michael was very glad he had not intended to do anything else after placing John in bed. His lover had his wrist in a surprisingly firm grip, and it only loosened once Michael climbed in after him. Gathering John to his chest, he propped himself up on the pillows, pulled the duvet up over them both, and let John cuddle him to his heart's content. One day, probably soon, he would ask John to be his and wear his mark. But it was not quite the right time yet. John had finally told him he loved him, and yet it had been a pretty extreme situation. When they were settled, that's when Michael would ask. Poor John and Michael. My alter ego does enjoy putting them through the ringer, although she does like to reward them for their sacrifice as well. I very much hope you have enjoyed this week's sensual offering. To download the free short stories and to grab your copy of the novella, pop on over to virginiawaits.com and dive into this week's blog post for details. All the links are waiting for you. There is even a paperback version of the trilogy for those who like to feel something weighty in the palm of their hands. Don't forget, the manor will be back later in the year with season two, so please do me the honour of subscribing to the podcast so you never miss a sensual episode. It would make me so very, very happy. Until next time, lovelies. Stay naughty and be safe.
Music from filmmusic.io Moonlight Hall by Kevin MacLeod Incomtech.com License CC by creativecommons.org